Welcome to Diverse, a Society of Women Engineers podcast. SWE gives women engineers a unique place and voice within the engineering community. On Diverse, we highlight the incredible thought leaders and personalities in our community and discover who they are at home, at work, and in between. You can find all of our podcast episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm your host, Sam East, and welcome to Diverse, a sweet podcast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at SWE Diverse Podcast. I'm joined today by Helen Gutierrez, Capacity Engineer Senior Associate at Equinix. When she isn't busy at Equinix, Helen can be found camping, biking, playing Dungeons and Dragons, and keeping her high global ranking in Destiny Player versus Player. Thank you so much for joining us today, Helen. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> We're so excited to learn more about you and your path. So let's go back to the beginning. What do you think first piqued your interest in STEM? Do you remember that that moment or that sort of progression for yourself? Oh, I got that ready, Sam, because look, imagine me back in DR having a good time. She's minding my business. I'm like four <laughs> years old mm-hmm. and the electricity goes out. So, of course, we have to get everything fixed over there because things are expensive. So people will come in, fix up stuff for us. And there were these two gentlemen that will come in and just build beds, fix the wall, anything. You name it, they could do it. Mm-hmm. And every time that was just taking me around, showing me, hey, this is how you put up a wire. This is how you put a fan and things like that. And they were just so passionate about it that I fell in love with it. And then my mother and my brother really encouraged it giving me every type of gadget possible. Like I used to have a little belt with like my screwdriver and my hammer that my mother got for me. And I was just ready to fix everything in the house. Oh, I love that. We could so, you know, you painted such a good picture for us for what your childhood was like and what really sparked that interest for you. You mentioned that there were a lot of men that would come over and and make those adjustments and make those repairs. Did you have any hesitation knowing that, you know, it was more of a male dominated field? You know, it never occurred to me when I was little. Mm. It never even passed my mind that I couldn't do what they were doing because Mm -hmm. they had me do it with them. Uh, So I was like, this is perfectly normal. Yeah. But yeah, now that you mentioned it, I'm never a single handy woman, I guess. Yeah, well, you're a trail. You didn't think about it, but inadvertently you became a trailblazer by doing that. (laughs) Looks like it. (laughs) And it also sounds like you had a a lot of encouraging people around you. Nobody was telling you you couldn't do it. Oh, no, they were telling me the opposite. They were telling me you should do it, especially my brother, because he didn't want to have to do it himself. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just let sis take care of this one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you said you grew up in the Dominican Republic. You were born there and you you migrated to the U.S. in your preteen years. How did that move to Miami? impact your career path it was the worst I almost did quit all of stamps and sciences just because I don't know if you know but in other countries we do long division differently here than that in the states okay and I I got into so many fights with my math teachers 
They're like, no, I'm doing it right. And they're like, no, you got to do it this way. And I'm like, but that's longer and harder for me. <laughs> but my mom went and spoke with her and it kind of got worked out. And I, I got back. Like, I remember we take like the FCAT here in Florida mm-hmm. and I will fail everything in writing because I didn't understand. But the only part that I was performing above my level was math and science because it didn't wow. matter the language. I could just write the numbers. Well, that, that's the interesting thing that you mentioned, because for as long as I can remember, everybody always said, you know, math was the universal language. As long as you were getting to the, the right answer, did it really matter how you got there? <laughs> oh, man, but they, they care. They really <laughs> did. <laughs> so how did you navigate that? Right. You said, you know, you, your parents, your mom was able to speak to your teachers, but you said it was really hard. So how did you keep pushing despite those challenges? I mean, it's embarrassing, but I started like reading manga and playing video games with a dictionary until I learned the language. And then everything was so much easier after that. Okay. So is that something you might suggest to people who are perhaps moving to North America from from a country that doesn't necessarily have English as a first language to integrate yourself into uh, maybe an activity that you actually really enjoy doing? Yeah. I'm telling you, video games saved my life with that. Like I would sit down and I would play RPGs. And it was really difficult to advance if you didn't know what they were telling you. Mm. So I will open the dictionary and I will look up, okay, what, what did he just said to me so that mm. I could go advance the quest? And okay. it was back in the days, so I couldn't yeah. just Google it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think a lot of people are going to be happy with that advice because you just encouraged everyone to play more video games. <laughs> it's the best. You should. I love that. Now, a lot of our listeners, as you may know, they're currently grinding in college. They're in school. They want to break into STEM. And you, you know, you had to work your entire college career. So what advice might you have for someone who finds himself in a very similar position as you? Okay. So I did take forever in college. So that I got a lot of experience on it. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to send your resume everywhere. Use your school, get your resume checked out. And send that everywhere because you might learn a lot of things in school, but what is going to get you the job at the end of the day is who you know. You mm-hmm. need to have that connection, that experience, because engineers do not work alone. We, we work as a group. We're, we're never by ourselves handling a single project. No, we're part of a bigger picture. It's not just you. So get to know people, send your resume everywhere. Don't be afraid mm-hmm. at all and you'll be fine. Is there something that, you know, in that process where you were sending out your resume, is there something that you learned in that process? Maybe you were surprised by when you were sending out your resume? People really like initiative, it seems. Like the things that caught my attention of of my first boss was that I was starting groups at school, that I was the one trying to be the president, the one trying to push forward at something new, not Mm. just following the flow. Okay. Well, I mean... You had to start as a trailblazer back in the Dominican Republic. And clearly you brought that <laughs> over to Miami. Yeah, We love that. No, it's, it's an encouraging thing to hear, though, that's to sort of set yourself apart from all the other applicants, right? Yeah, you need to have something that is your passion. If you're able to talk about something passionately, people will listen to you. Like, I remember I think when I started was BattleBots at that time because my high school was doing it. And then I went to Florida International University and they didn't have a group. And I was like, but I want to keep doing it. So I, I tried starting it. I want to tell you it was not successful at all. But <laughs> for like two semesters, we had a little group. We were trying to raise the money and money was the main issue. Like campaigning mm-hmm. for it was very hard. 
Mm-hmm. So that's what stopped us. But I still got the experience on how to set up a meeting, how to get people interested. And it looked very good in my resume. I could see that. Yeah, you impressed a lot of people with that initiative. Yeah. And it went nowhere. You, you got to now be afraid to try. You just put yourself out there. It might go somewhere, but it might not. It doesn't matter. It's just have a good time while you're doing it, especially in college. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people, myself included, sometimes suffer from that perfectionism syndrome where you just want to get it right. You want it to be successful right from the get-go. But when you're learning, especially in school, it's not always going to start off that way. Ooh, failure will teach you way more than success. Oh, that's a quotable. That's a quotable moment right there. <laughs> we got to get that on a meme or something. Helen, <laughs> get some shirts. Yeah, get some shirts made, some merchandise. So Helen, what first piqued your interest in STEM? Do you remember that moment or maybe there was a progression for you? How did you initially hear about SWE? And, and also, how has SWE and other organizations like it helped you become the professional that you are today? It was actually my fraternity. It's a professional engineering fraternity, Terotal, and I had joined them. And they were a very, they were more women usually than men. And it was so mm. weird. And it just happened that a lot of them were on SWE. So they will encourage me to like, come, participate, come see, like, it's not always the man repeating exactly what you just said. Sometimes there are women in the room also listening to you. Mm-hmm. And that's how I, I transfer over there. And I, I got that job that I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. because Sweet, I think, was the one that set up, what are those things called when companies come look at us? Oh, like a recruitment? A fair. Yeah, like oh, a recruitment a fair. fair. Yeah, yes. yeah. So my fraternity participated very heavily on it and they sent mm-hmm. a book of resumes. And that's one thing, just to send it out there because I got yeah. a call when I was doing nothing. I wasn't even expecting to get a job. <laughs> and I got the job that became my entire career just wow. because I sent my resume out in a book. Yeah, you put yourself out there. Yeah, I didn't want to. But again, the people from Sui and my fraternity were like, Dude, just put it in. You'll be fine. Mm. What's the worst that can happen? You don't get any calls and you'll never know. Right. Do you think that having that community of people who are on that similar path really helped elevate you to build that confidence to get out Absolutely. there? Absolutely. Like, I remember every single last person, and, and this is the contrast from my childhood. Everybody was a man. But in mm-hmm. college, pretty much everybody was a woman telling yes. me, no, don't be afraid. No, put yourself out there. Hey, you got to try. Look at me. I'm doing it. Why can't you? So it's, it's important to find your community, find people who will lift you up push you forward, not let you just be like, no, I can't do this. Math is too hard. Yes, math Mm. is ridiculously hard, but you'll be (laughs) fine. Just push through. Make your people study together, build a community. Well, speaking of people, you know, we always love hearing about that instrumental person who helped guide you on your path. Can you tell us about a mentor that you've had that had that big impact on both your life and your career? Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely George Montiel. He was my first boss. Well, my second boss, technically, because I was working first at, at the library. He's the one that gave me that call. I was just in my couch, minding my business, playing video games. <laughs> and course. I get this. And I never am a millennial. I never answer calls. But I, I saw the phone ring and I was like, you know what? Maybe it's something important. And hmm. I answered and we had the interview right there. And then it was like three minutes long. Oh my like gosh. A, I was very interested. I really like your resume. Oh. Yeah, can you have a proper interview with this person? Um, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, mm, what? I, was, <laughs> I didn't even know what to say, to react or nothing. 
But I was like, well, might as well because I need the money. Yeah. And anything is better than the, the assistant work that I was doing. Right. So I was like, oh, well, let's try it. It will be in my field. It's mm-hmm. just data entry. How hard mm-hmm. can it be? I got this. And then from then on, I have known him for like 10 years now. And he's the one that got me in the company when it was first started. Mm-hmm. Then he, my contract ran out because they can only contract you for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. But he was very happy with my performance. And he, one day he could rehire me. He rehired me again. He rehired me like three times in the span of my as I said, college career, very long, very extensive. Mm-hmm. And he even made sure that I could send myself up to become an engineer in Equinix now, even before I have finished my diploma. I was like a couple of months off. I was like in my last semester. He's like, no, we need to hire you now. I have a position open. I don't know if I have a position when you finish graduating. Mm. You got to stay. So that's what I'm saying, that you need that person pushing you forward. You need that person that's going to be like your mentor, who's going to tell you, this is how you perform in the workplace. This is how you behave. This is how you move up in your career. You need somebody in a manager or something higher than that. Mm-hmm. Advertising for you, like advocating is the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you can actually advance. Like I was definitely not the greatest student, but I was very passionate. I was very dedicated and willing to learn and quick to learn, especially at work. So don't think just because, oh, I'm not doing well in school. Nobody's going to hire me. No, meet people. Get to know people. Just because you are failing in one aspect of engineering doesn't mean you will not succeed tremendously in another one. They are not all the same. That's why you need that personal connection to people mm-hmm. to see your potential. Mm-hmm. And I just love you know the, <laughs> the picture that you painted, that you were sitting on your couch minding your business, playing video games, and this call seemingly came out of nowhere. It's a miracle I answer it. I I don't understand (laughs) why I answer it. I love that. Is there something that George, you know, said to you in all these years, you said you've known him for about 10 years now. Is there something that really sticks out to you as advice that he's passed on or maybe the way he, you know, he does his work? There were two lessons he taught me. The first one was you got to take your lunch break. It's actually important. So uh-huh. that you, you have a little mind break. And the second one is when your boss tells you to do something, you should move a higher in priority unless otherwise stated. Like if huh. somebody higher above you is coming, I need this now. You either got to ask, is this priority number one? If you have a lot of other really important things mm-hmm. or you got to just do it as quickly as possible. Don't just sit there doing somebody else's project. That is not what your boss just assigned to you. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a big one in time management for anyone. Yeah. People are afraid to ask, Hey, I have this many things in my plate. What should be priority? That's why you have a manager. They will help you allocate a time. If you have several important projects at once. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to what you were saying a moment ago about, you know, not getting too, too wrapped up in, let's say your performance at school, for example, because you said, you know, there were some struggles for you, some challenges there, but you were able to persevere for a number of reasons. But what do you really credit that to? Because I can only imagine, I'm not in STEM, but from hearing stories from these amazing women in STEM, of course, there is a level of success that you have to have at school. So what do you think really propelled you past those challenges in school? So I think it was a combination of my family and my different associations that I was in, like my fraternity suite and so on. Because Mm -hmm. For example, Calc 2, I cry when I think about that class. I, I hate that class so much. 
I was ready to quit school and never see that class ever again in my life just to avoid having Mm -hmm. to take it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I was the only one doing badly at it. I thought I must be a failure and clearly not cut out to be an engineer if I can't even grasp the simple little things. And then mm-hmm. I started talking to like my big brother in the fraternity, the president of SWE at the time. And then they were like, yo, Helen, I took the thing like three times. Like, why are you worried? Like, you're just taking it in the, with the wrong professor. Don't worry wow. about it. Keep at it. Don't just get stuck on yourself. Talk to other people and you will realize you're all going through the same struggle and they will be able to give you tips and ideas and most importantly, all exams on how (laughs) things get done. And you'll see how quickly you get through this. Helen, I feel like I want to hang out with you. You're my style. You're my speed. I love this. Before we let you go, is there anything else that we may have missed or that you would like to highlight? I think we cover everything and just... I'm kind of sad that it's ending so quickly because I was enjoying this conversation. <laughs> you know but, what? Why, no. why don't you tell us the top video games that we should be playing if we want to get into STEM? Well, that's hard. If it's into <laughs> STEM, I recommend anything co-op. As I said, you have to be working together. I like Portal. Oh, you'll have so much fun trying to figure out the physics of it. Oh. So that's a good one to check out. Okay. Portal 2, not just Portal 1. It should be specific. <laughs> okay, I'll take a break from my Mario Kart and maybe check that out one time. Oh, man, Mario Kart. No, they'll never stop Mario Kart. <laughs> Helen, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today, to speak on your path and give some really wise words to share to everyone who's pursuing STEM, because this could be a really challenging path for people. So I think what you've shared is really encouraging. Thank you, Sam. I'm Sam East. For all of us at SWE, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your social network. You can keep up to date with our podcast on Instagram at SWE Diverse Podcast and on our blog, altogether at altogether.swe.org. <laughs>